Coming up on the WSJ Media Mix podcast, we discuss the implications of Bill O'Reilly's departure from Fox News and explain why online ad giant Google may be looking to enter the ad blocking game. Welcome to the WSJ Media Mix podcast, bringing you interviews and analysis with people that matter in the fast changing media business. The king of cable news is out at Fox. Hello and welcome to the WSJ Media Mix podcast. Uh, media editor Amol Sharma. I'm joined uh, by deputy editor Sarah Rabel today. What's up, Sarah? Hey, thanks for having and, me. Uh, and we have Joe Flint with us on the line from L.A. Joe, um, Joe hardly ever phones it in, except for podcasts. Right, Joe? Thanks, Joe. Uh, right, phoning it in from my car. All right, <laughs> from the car phone. Um, Joe has been all over the Bill O'Reilly situation for us, so we're going to get into that. And then in the second segment... We'll, uh, we'll chat with Jack Marshall about his uh, great scoop that Google is planning an ad-blocking feature uh, for its Chrome browser, which is a pretty significant develop, development in the ad world. Um, Joe, let's, um, let's just set the table for listeners about what's going on with O'Reilly. He's ar- arguably the biggest star in cable news. As everyone knows, he's done at Fox News. Um, today, they're sort of ironing out the final details of that, it seems. And all of this comes after a uh, about two weeks after a New York Times investigation that found uh, that O'Reilly and the parent company 21st Century Fox had paid settlements to the tune of uh, some $13 million to women who had alleged that he had, he had sexually harassed them or otherwise engaged in inappropriate behavior. Um, after that, there was an exodus of advertisers, and there was just what you could sense was mounting pressure on the network for a couple of weeks. And that's how we got here. But Joe, initially Fox was pretty clearly standing by him. So what changed in your reporting? What changed? I think over the last few days, uh, there was, there was a recognition as Paul Weiss, the law firm Fox retained to look deeper into O'Reilly as Paul Weiss's results were coming in. The, uh, it was not looking, not looking good. And it was going to make it harder and harder for Fox news and 21st century Fox to justify keeping him at the company. Uh, that's according to their investigation. Mr. O'Reilly, of course, has denied any and all wrongdoing. But that, coupled with an advertiser boycott that wasn't showing any signs of slowing down, uh, I think made it uh, tougher and tougher for Rupert Murdoch, who's running Fox News as well as all of 21st Century Fox, and of course our parent company, News Corp, uh, harder to stand by Bill O'Reilly, whom he'd only just months ago given a new four-year, $100 million deal. Is it, Sarah, is it possible that um, the pending Sky deal had anything to do with this? Remember... Uh, Fox is 21st Century Fox is uh, in the middle of trying to buy out the rest of of um, the UK's Sky, uh, which is not uh, which it doesn't currently own. So trying to take full ownership of it. There's a regulatory regulatory review going on there. There could be public interest elements of that review. I mean, I think it's hard to fully discount that. Was that the driving force? Probably not, but. Was it under consideration? It would, it's hard to imagine that it wasn't after they weren't able to fully buy control of Sky a few years ago after the, the phone hacking scandal. And you saw high-profile critics of the deal in the U.K. putting a lot of pressure on regulators, saying you need to look at the overall culture of this company and pointing to the seemingly widening sexual harassment scandal at Fox News as, as part of that. So I think it's hard to fully discount that. Joe, what are you hearing? Um, there have been numbers floating around today about 
what the settlement payment will be for O'Reilly. What's what's the latest? Uh, or the sorry, I should say the I severance payment around exit twenty five million or so, maybe as much as twenty seven million, which would be about one year's salary under Bill's new deal. Um, certainly a lot less than the forty million Roger Ailes exited with when he left as CEO under a similar cloud of controversy. But uh, you know, not not bad for a few months' work under the new deal. He'll have to make do with twenty five million. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, plus all the money he makes from his book deals on the side. So it's not like he's going to be hard up for cash for the foreseeable future, it sounds like. Right. But in all seriousness, I mean, the way that people, critics of of the ale situation, were not amused by the fact that after all of that, he left and there was a $40 million payout at the end. And um, I, I I guess people will, it's it's hard to, it's, it's hard to look at the these situation and then see the outcome see the statements that are coming out that say this is you know uh that he's obviously being he's not going to stay at the network after this review found whatever it found but we've seen the we've seen the settlements play out and it hasn't been a pretty situation and then at the end of it it's a 25 million dollar payout it definitely it strikes an odd note um but that's that's i guess the way these things work but I also think it speaks to some internal discord within Fox as well. And I mean, Joe, you reported on some of this, so I want you to chime in here. But, um, you know, when you look at the promises that were made and the after the departure of Roger Ailes about what type of work environment this was going to be, it sounds like there was some, you know, internal frustration with how the Roger Ailes, uh, with, excuse me, with how the Bill O'Reilly situation was initially handled after those promises. Well, I, I definitely think, you know, the, the Murdoch children, Lachlan and James, when Roger left, it, it made a statement about the kind of, as you said, environment they hoped the company would be. And as more and more revelations were coming out about Bill O'Reilly, uh, I'm sure they and others felt a little pressure to walk the walk as well as talk the talk. You know, with regards to the settlement, uh, as Amal said, it is kind of the nature of the business and easily to look at it and say, like, well, wow, that's some tough punishment, 20, 25 million. But uh, you know, Bill O'Reilly has also obviously suffered a huge uh, reputational blow. This is not the way he certainly wanted to go out. And the amount of money he made for Fox News over 20 years certainly uh, certainly is far greater than, than his payout. That's not a justification, just more of an explanation. Let's let's talk about where Fox goes from here. Um, they, Tucker Carlson is going to take over his time slot, Bill O'Reilly's time slot on Monday. And, um, and, you know, Tucker Carlson has been doing well so far since taking over from Megyn Kelly, who left earlier. Um, but th- these are, as Joe, as your reporting has pointed out, th- these are really big shoes to fill. O'Reilly was pulling like 4 million viewers uh, and was a platform for the rest of primetime. What are the risks here for Fox? I mean, is it is it possible that there's going to be, you know, um, without the lead-in of O'Reilly, things erode in primetime for them and that this it won't be a smooth transition? I think that's definitely possible to use an analogy. You'll appreciate them all. Uh, Fox News is kind of the New England Patriots of cable news. And a star leaves a Megyn Kelly and they replace her with Tucker Carlson and don't miss a beat. Bill O'Reilly, though, is the Tom Brady of Fox News. And, you know, without Brady, you know, remains to be seen. I don't think Tucker will get Bill's numbers. The question will be how big will the drop off be if, if he loses 20 percent? Uh, make you know that probably means the lead outs after him will lose 
40 percent or more. So so it'll be interesting from an economic standpoint, of course, with Megyn Kelly gone and now Bill O'Reilly going off the books. They could have a situation of their primetime audience and uh, average being smaller and yet more profitable. Uh, just something else to, to throw out there. But I don't think these changes they announce now and, and anything to do with Fox uh, News or any company owned by the Murdochs are written in cement. Uh, you know, Rupert Murdoch is not afraid to to make a change if something isn't working. And so we will we will see what happened. I'm most interested in that nine o'clock slot with the five i actually think that's the big gamble there i I think tucker will deliver a respectable number and hannity uh should should continue on but that nine o'clock show could become you know could make the network very vulnerable all right thanks joe i wasn't expecting a patriots analogy in that context but i'll allow it um and uh thanks for your insights on this and great reporting on this we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back on the other side with jack marshall This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com. For more insights, enable the Wall Street Journal skill on any device with Amazon Alexa. Get all of our podcasts, as well as the latest news and market updates. The Wall Street Journal. Listen ambitiously. Now, back to the show. Jack, welcome. Uh, You're playing Hurt today. You're not 100%. I'm not 100%, and I'm sitting on the other side of the podcast. Podcast this is unusual. Today, which I know. Is, this is weird. different from here. This, this is, is what weird. happens when you have a giant scoop. We have to analyze it <laughs> yeah. across the way. Yes, um, you did indeed have a giant scoop today. That's getting plenty of attention about Google uh, and its plans to add an ad blocking feature to Chrome. Um, just tell us exactly what this feature is going to do. What kind of ads would be blocked? Yeah. So the feature that Google is considering implementing uh, would be baked into its Chrome web browser, both the mobile and the desktop version. Uh, and would potentially block um, certain ads from appearing as you know as those users sort of move around the web. Um, it's unclear exactly what those ads may be at this point, um, but the, there's a, an industry body called the Coalition for Better Advertising, um, and the thinking is that it would be sort of standards that they set forth in March, I think it was, a few weeks ago, um, which basically include things like pop-ups, um, sort of autoplay uh, video ads with sound, which users typically find pretty pretty annoying. Yuck. Um, yeah, so those are the types of ads that they're talking about, um, potentially filtering out through Chrome. Okay, so you have a $90 billion online ad giant, which, again, makes money from online ads. Through advertising. Uh, yeah, uh, curtailing, doing something that would curtail online ads. What's possibly its motive here? Well, I mean, it's really interesting because Google kind of sits at the center of all of this in a lot of ways because, A, it does have Chrome, which is, you know, a huge web browser. As you say, on the other hand, you know, it makes all of its money through advertising. Um, so I think the thinking is, to an extent, this is a defensive move. Um, ad blocking has been growing uh, pretty rapidly over the past few years, particularly in the U.S., um, and most of those um, ad blocking tools are third party extensions which users install onto Chrome. So users are already using Chrome to block ads. Um, and when they do so, it's sort of outside of Google's control. Um, and Google has been paying some of these ad block companies to let some of its ads through their filters. Um, there's a German company called IO, which runs the most 
popular ad blocking extension called Adblock Plus. Um, so really, I think its thinking is sort of better the the enemy you know or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or better <laughs> whatever the phrase is. Better yeah. we do it than have yeah. a, a third party company that we have to sort of pay on the side. <laughs> so are people freaking out today? What's the what's the uh, and publishers? I guess anytime Google does anything, they've got like close to half of the browser market or something like that. So I, I assume that people who rely on online ads who suddenly find out some of their ad formats are going to go kaput on their sites. How are they reacting? Yeah, so I think publishers are, at least the publishers that I've spoken to, were reluctant to sort of jump to any conclusions here. On the one hand, I think for quote-unquote premium publishers, they look at this as a potentially a good thing uh, because it could help to sort of weed out some of the annoying ads and some of the sort of bad actors out there using some of these um, irritating ad tactics, which could benefit their ad business. Um, you know, that's less ad dollars going elsewhere and more ad dollars that could potentially go to their sites. But as you say, um, I think publishers, advertisers, almost anyone touching digital media these days is a little bit concerned about the power that, that Google has. Um, so I think they're just sort of waiting to see exactly how this pans out. People that, are hungry for this, yeah. I mean, that, but it really does seem like the trade-off there, though. It's like, do you want to clean up the web, or but do you really want to have Google be the one leading the charge? Like, is Google really the right company to be making the decision right, about yeah. what is an acceptable ad and what isn't? It doesn't seem like if I'm a web publisher that I want that decision being made by Google. Yeah, well, I think that's why Google is looking to the industry uh, body, the Coalition for Better Ads, to sort of define what is and isn't sort of a, an acceptable ad. I mean, Google is one of the companies that is a member of the organization that helps to fund it. Yeah. Um, alongside The whole thing's a bit giants. circular. In that yeah, sense. you know, it's, it's very... There was an interesting tweet that was like, Google and Facebook have eaten half of the ad market, and now Google wants to eat the other half. <laughs> yeah. Um, but just before we, before we wrap up, I wanted to just ask you, but Google's positioning on this is sort of like been odd all along. They've been on every angle of ad blocking, it feels like. They... The AMP thing, correct me if I'm wrong, but part of their speedy web pages, these AMP web pages, was it was kind of like a let's work against ad blocking by taking away one of the selling points, which is, you know, we'll speed up ad pages and then you have these clunky ad pages. The reason you want a blocker is to speed up your page and, you know, we'll do these AMP pages. So that was kind of like a we'll work against it. Then they deal with ad blockers and pay the biggest ad blocker to, to get their ads through its filters. So that's kind of, you know, like we'll adapt to the reality of it. And now they're jumping into it. It just feels like there, there's a little bit of what is their actual strategy here? Yeah, well, I think a big part of that is Google is a huge company. It has many different divisions. I think some of those initiatives that you mentioned are driven by sort of part of the company. Some of it may be driven by the search division, which is just looking to sort of maintain search revenue. Uh, and then you have the Chrome team, which is sort of a completely separate beast as well. So I think that may be part of what you're seeing here is sort of different groups within the, within the, the company. All the competing interests within Google. Yep, yep. Good stuff. All right, we're going to leave it there. Thanks to Jack Marshall, uh, Sarah Rabel, and Joe Flint, uh, who was on the phone, for all of you um, for hanging with us and giving us your insights today. And thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time on the WSJ Media Mix podcast. The Wall Street Journal. Listen ambitiously. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at viking.com.